Hi, everyone. I hope you're having a great uh, day okay day. Uh, today, I'm here with Lapo and with Arsh to talk to you about how you can leverage stateful workloads on Kubernetes and benefit your developers. My name is Ramiro. I am one of the founders of Octeto, and I am super excited to be here. I'm Arsh, and I work as a developer experience engineer at Octeto. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Lapo, and I'm a senior software engineer at Extendi. All right, let's get this started then. So Kubernetes, Kubernetes, Kubernetes. In today's world, Kubernetes needs no introduction. Um, it is the go-to container orchestration system when it's come to production. And for very good reason, too, it has like excellent capabilities of handling the tasks we have been struggling to do before its arrival. So Kubernetes allows applications to scale much more easily than it was possible before. And as a result, we can now reliably reach a large number of users than was possible before. So what this meant for our data handling systems was that they needed to keep up because this, these large number of users were generating an even larger amount of data. So that covers about Kubernetes and data, but that's not what this talk is all about, right? So how do developers fit into this? What role do they have? Uh, to answer that, I feel like we need to think that after Kubernetes and dealing with like all this large amounts of data became normal, the way developers developed applications, that did not change. So we changed how we deployed applications. We started containerizing them. We started writing more and more microservices, but we did not reflect back on how we were developing them. So what is the solution for all of this? The solution is remote dev environments, which leverage Kubernetes underneath. With these remote dev environments, when working on your microservices, instead of running the microservices you require during dev, locally, you would deploy them on a Kubernetes cluster. Let's switch to the next slide to make it clear like what happens when you deploy these microservices to production. So once they've been deployed in the cluster, you replace the container running in the cluster with a development container. And this container inherits all the configuration from the original container. And since the configuration is inherited from the original container, everything continues to work as if it's still being deployed in production, except it's not. So, and once this replacement step happens, a file synchronization service gets set up, which syncs the code you write on your local machine with that running inside the dev container. That means any changes you make get transferred to this dev container running in the remote cluster on cloud. So as soon as you hit save after making a change, you'll be able to view it exactly like it would look in the deployed version of your application. This is sounding very cool. And now we're gonna see this in action. So I'm gonna hand it over to Lepo, who's gonna show how this is leveraged beautifully at Extendi and take it from here. Go ahead. Cool. Okay, so what um, we are looking at here is a demo environment of Octeto, um, which essentially has a Kubernetes cluster underneath. And here, as you can see, I have a Postgres Stateful Set application deployed with a volume attached called PG Data. And it all has been deployed inside a namespace called Dolly. So what I'm going to show you now is 
I'm going to create um, a snapshot of the volume attached to this Postgres stateful set application. Essentially, you can imagine this to be like um, a Postgres application where you can get the data from production and see the, the database with data with, um, from production. And what I'm going to show you now is that you can essentially create a snapshot of the volume attached and make your developers have their own environment already set up and ready with the data inside uh, without the need of performing seeding operations and all those kinds of stuff. Stuff It can be done like automatically by creating a snapshot of that volume and um, yeah, and, and apply a configuration, um, an annotation to the to the deployment that says that the volume has to be to get created, starting from that um, from that um, snapshot. So here, as you can see, I have these services manifest that declares a Postgres um, deployment where I've set some environment variables and the volume. Um, so now I'm going to go ahead and run Octeto Op, which essentially is the feature that Ash mentioned earlier that allows me to connect to the cloud Kubernetes cluster. And um, what I'm going to do now is essentially I'm going to create a container that will act as a proxy, essentially, and will allow it to forward the Postgres um, uh, application that I have deployed to my local host in order for me to, to be able to connect to it. So essentially now I'm gonna go ahead and open Beekeeper, which is a Postgres client, and I'm gonna go ahead and select Postgres connection. I'm gonna show you that I can now connect to the Postgres instance that happens to, be, to belong to the cloud Kubernetes cluster directly to my local host. Um, so yeah, here's, is, um, here I'm connecting to, configuring a connection to my local host. The user is going to be Postgres. The password is going to be the one that I've um, configured here, which is demo. And the default database is going to be Postgres. So I'm going to go ahead and test my connection. And the connection looks good. So I'm going to go ahead and connect. And as you can see, I already have a table here. Um, with some data into it, just a um, short, a small table with some users into it. And the goal now is to create a snapshot of the volume that contains this data and then create the same application into another namespace and find out that the data has been created starting from the snapshot that I've created. So um, here we go. I'm going to go ahead and create the snapshot. So I'm going to go ahead and and use kubectl minus n dolly, which is the namespace um, I've selected here, where where my Postgres um, belongs. And first of all, I'm going to go ahead and see whether or not volume snapshots um, happen to to be there. And there's no snapshot in it, so I'm going to go ahead and create one. And the snapshot um, is defined by this manifest here that I call Postgres snapshot that. Um, essentially, what is what is described here is the the snapshot name is going to be Postgres, and in, it's going to be um, from the persistent volume claim PG data, which is the volume attached to the Postgres um, stateful set application. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say kubectl minus n dolly apply minus f Postgres snapshot YAML, and as you can see, I have the snapshot created. 
created. So I can go ahead and describe kubectl minus and this um, dolly, describe balloon snapshots. And as you can see here, I have my hub snapshot created. And so what's next? Essentially now um, I can stop my connection to my dolly namespace and the Postgres instance. I'm going to switch to another namespace, which is going to be Lapolis. Um, a different namespace. As you can see here, the namespace Lapolis actually is empty. And I'm going to go ahead and deploy the um, Postgres. And it's going to be Tato deploy and deploy my Postgres to the empty namespace. It's going to do some magic, but essentially, uh, what I'm expecting to happen is due to the fact that I've set up these annotations to my volume, the volume is going to be it's going to get created starting from the snapshot that I created. Oh, no, the, the, the deploy failed. Um, um, no, he didn't. No, no, he didn't. Oh, it's okay. fine. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 just the the fact that these uh, resource ah, right. uh, proxies not get created, but it's completely fine. Perfect. Okay, so yes, as you can see now, the Postgres is getting created, and in a minute, once it gets ready, I will do the same operation I've done earlier. So I'm going to go ahead and run Accessor up, and here you go, connect to the to the Postgres from the new namespace, and find out that the data has already been filled. So I'm going to go ahead and run potato up and get rid of this shell here. There you go. I'm going to go ahead and open my beekeeper. I'm going to close this connection because otherwise you might think that this is the old one and so and that I might be cheating and creating a new connection, Postgres connection, localhost, user is going to be Postgres. It's going to be the same connection I have set up earlier because the environment variables and all those kinds of stuff are the same, but it's going to be a Postgres that belongs to a different namespace. Um, and so the password, the password is going to be demo and the default database is going to be Postgres. I'm going to go ahead and test the connection. Connection looks good. Um, I will connect. And as you can see, the users table already exists inside the new namespace and has the data filled into it. So how would you imagine a feature like that? You bring, you get your data, you dump your production database, you fill a namespace volume with the data you need, then you create a snapshot. And if you have correctly set up the cluster and, and the manifest, you're going to have the whole team of your, um, yeah, the whole team being able to create Postgres instance inside their own namespace with the data already filled, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. And, and just to summarize, you know, what you saw that is that now with, with the use of Octeto, remote dev environments, and volume snapshots, you can now give developers dev environments that not only look like production, they have data, which is something that, you know, as we all know in, in, in data and Kubernetes, data is a fundamental part of, of modern applications. It's not just code, it's also data and, how, and what can you do with it. So volume snapshots, 
plus Octeto make that so much easier for developers. And there's something really cool that the team next Sunday are doing. And, and thank you for, for sharing. Um, so just give you a quick, this is what's happening behind the scenes. You know, volume map snapshot is created in one namespace. It gets copied to the other on deployment and developers now have access to data. And this could be, you know, a full production dump, something that's sanitized, or maybe even, you know, different variations of like all schemas, migrations. There's no limits. Once, once you have data available as part of your, you know, toolbox for developers, there's all a lot of things that, that can be done. So, you know, it's what I want everybody to get out of this talk is data needs to be part of your dev environment. Remote dev environments allow you to move your development to Kubernetes to have realistic, a realistic flow as you write code. Adding volume snapshots and data makes it even more realistic because you can also validate that your data integrates well with your code changes because at the end of the day, applications without data are not useful to anybody. So I, I hope you found this um, useful. Remember, it's all about bridging the gap. It's all about making sure that developers have all the tools they need to write code to ship value, data, security policies, configurations, Kubernetes. It's all part of the same of the same package. So as you go home and rethink your, your experience, you know, please take this into consideration. And thank you so much uh, for this. I hope you enjoyed the conference. Labo, Arsh, thank you so much for, for joining us today, showing us a really cool demo. And now for those of you who are in Valencia, uh, we'll see you at the party. Uh, enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you. Bye, bye, bye. Bye.